Welcome to week three of the Shups and Preds podcast. Week three review, week four Preds. We've got the whole group together again. Four strong. John, Matt, Tyler, Peter. Say hi, everybody, real quick. Hi, everybody, real quick. We're going to get into all the nitty-gritty storylines that dominated week three in the CFL, and then we will tell you exactly what is going to happen over Canada Day weekend. Before we get into it, anybody uh, have anything uh, non-CFL related they'd like to uh, get into? No. Perfect. Then let's get right to the action. Absolutely. Matt, Saskatchewan traveled to Montreal this past Thursday, and it was a doozy. Tell us what happened. Well, this is one that we all got way wrong. Um, Hard to say exactly what happened, uh, but I want to focus on couple points for the uh, Rough Riders and then just one point uh, for the Montreal Alouettes. Now, I got to take my lumps for this one. I predicted that this game, there would be fewer than uh, 20 points scored in the entire game. Um, As soon as uh, the clock struck 12 seconds, I knew I was not going to win that prediction. It's going to be difficult to keep that up. It was, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, I... Obviously, Montreal scored the fastest touchdown in CFL history on a uh, the opening kickoff. Um, but I don't think that they would have had any trouble um, had they not got that momentum going early. Uh, a couple storylines just want to chat about. Uh, the first is Sketch uh, opening their possession. Uh, they had 14 possessions. Seven of those either ended in a punt or an interception before a first down was was achieved. They just they, so they just did, they were not moving the ball at all. You know, it, you can you can sort of excuse um, uh, mistakes in the you know throwing interceptions, just not getting the ball rolling once you get into the end zone or the the red zone. But yeah, so they uh, first three possessions were two and outs, and then seven out of fourteen possessions. Um, either a two and out or intercepted before they could move the chains. Uh, and then, you know, something that we've looked at a lot, especially coming from last year, is Cody and the deep ball. And we've unfortunately regressed with Cody Fajardo, where his two interceptions were on a 15 and a six yard throw. So it's not like he's, he's just, the man is lost out there. Um, and unfortunately, uh, it hurts. Staff, it, it does hurt. It, I mean, it hurts. I mean, 17 of 28, two interceptions, 191 yards. Um, and it. And my final point for the the Rough Riders is Duke Williams is is that guy. He's the He's man. Very good player. <laughs> Great to have him back. Um, but even with what I think is a, a very strong, unfortunately, Shaq Evans out, but. Uh, with an injury, you know, going forward, but I think this is a strong. I still believe this is a strong receiving core, um, but we they have really regressed um, under center. So, what did you guys think of the Montreal Alouettes trouncing thirty-seven to thirteen of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders? I have been watching Sunderland till I die again, rewatching, I should say, just okay. just to watch another fan base suffer. 
I think it I, loss. I, I think it hurts because it tells me what I feared might be true, which is that Sketch is going to win enough games to get to the playoffs, but don't pose or are not a serious contender. And I'm worried that a game like this after the Elks game, I felt like they were a little wobbly. Yeah. And then now I'm sort of, you know, th- that's a playoff team that they just lost to, or what, or what preseason we thought would be a playoff team that they just lost to handily at home. Or excuse me, yeah, at home. At home, away. I can't remember. It doesn't really matter. It was so bad. I, can't, I forget. Um, we also need to talk about attendance to the, at these games. Attendance is down. We don't need to talk about that. We can talk about that later. Okay. Let's talk about what went wrong with the Riders. Uh, I mean, it, offensive co- line play, giving up eight sacks, five bad. pass knockdowns. It's bad. When you've got a court now, I understand Clark, they're their center, injured. He's gone for the season. That's going to take some getting over. But you've got a quarterback that, as Matt has pointed to, has regressed in his playmaking. Not, I won't necessarily. I don't think his ability has necessarily regressed, but I, I would just say his playmaking, in terms of he's not. There's nothing exciting about the Riders at all. Which, which is crazy. And even their defense, <laughs> like, um, thank God for Pete Robertson. But Dude, where true. is your, your man's uh, A.C. Leonard? Dude. Eight Dude. tackles. They came out and mauled the Ticats, and then, yeah, they just – nah, man. They're not exciting. That's the biggest – and that's the biggest sin any team can have against them is they're not exciting. Jake Mayer, do you want to start? Do you want to do you want to start in the CFL? Hey, Edmonton already called dibs. <laughs> but shouts! I tweeted this. I, I yeah, because I I agree with Matt. The story of the game is on Sketch as the losing side, just because I think the expectations are higher for them. So for them to have this bad of a game is a big big issue. Uh, but I mean, Montreal scoring in all three phases of the game. It doesn't get much better than that. Um, so, yeah, big performance for them uh, to get their first dub of the season. Yeah. Uh, final uh, thing for me is just um, the Montreal uh, special teams and defense. Mm. Uh, obviously, that return, but we've got a defensive touchdown. Um, and we had uh, five field goals. Unfortunately, you know, for or fortunately for Saskatchewan, uh, Montreal couldn't always capitalize, but five of uh, Montreal's field goals came as a result of two and outs or an interception. So uh, it was the defense really putting them in uh, in contention there. But I, I feel like BC, um, maybe even Toronto, I, I feel like a, a couple teams uh, could have easily scored like 70 points <laughs> just with the number of uh, turnovers uh, and punts and, and everything going wrong for Saskatchewan. Can I just say something? Of course. Yes. It's a podcast. If you take out the fourth quarters of games, Saskatchewan has no touchdowns. <laughs> All three games, they've only scored touchdowns in the fourth. So that means in the first three quarters, they only kick field goals. And in this Boring. league, 
in this league, you can't kick field goals and win games. Bill Belichick would say the same thing. And they don't even, at least Ottawa, who's had trouble scoring, at least they get a bunch of yards and make exciting plays. Anyway, okay, they, they, play, they, play two, they play two games. Tam, tam, stop tam, talking about this tam, boring tam. team. Peter was the yes, only indeed. one to correctly pick the Winnipeg Blue Bombers to defeat the Hamilton Tiger Cats. So as a reward, Peter, Tug. please talk about this game. Yes, indeed. In a game primed to be an epic Grey Cup rematch, we just got exactly what I thought we'd get in just a typical uh, Winnipeg W, 14-point victory, 26-12. to 12. Um, I think first thing, I just want to get the obvious out of the way. Uh, the peg defense is, I mean, leagues ahead of every other defense in the league. And, the, I mean, in this game, the defense had a sack. Willie Jefferson had the one sack, and so it was the secondary that got it done, which I think is something that uh, Winnipeg doesn't get enough credit for. Um, and it's just, I mean, very reminiscent of who they were last season when they won. They I mean, didn't win games by much. They just continued to win. And it's uh, exactly like, like what I said last week. Until they prove otherwise, I'm going to believe that they are the almighty powerful Winnipeg Blue Bombers and they're going to get it done. Um, which leads me into what I have to say about Hamilton is that I don't enjoy that the secondary played so well because Dane Evans had 42 pass attempts and STE ran the ball six times. Um, so for a team that has the front four talent like Winnipeg, you're probably going to want to run the ball more uh, than six times because if they just drop eight, four guys is enough to put enough pressure on Dane or any quarterback in the league. Um, and I mean, they, that the game plan was just, I think, very, very flawed. Um, and I, I mean, Dane certainly, uh, I mean, 25 for 42. That's that's just not going to get it done. It's impossible. Really. I mean, it's just bad. It's impossible. Yeah, to, I, I, have, I, have, I, I have a question for the pod. Yeah. How many quarterbacks starting? I'll even say quarterbacks, even bench quarterbacks. We call them bench. How many quarterbacks in this league do you actually trust game to game? Uh, uh, let's see. Nathan Rourke, obviously. Na- 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 yep. <laughs> Uh, Zach Kalaros, actually. Yes. I mean, yes. you know, trust in a, unfortunately, limited capacity. He's back to 2019 Kalaros, yeah. where I don't think he'll lose you a game. I don't he also makes the, think he'll he win you a game. He makes the big plays. He gets 35 no. yards every like, every quarter. And he like, doesn't make the really bad plays. No, yeah. he just, so, no, totally. No, but, and the, the last one, John? Well, Masoli, obviously. So, but okay. Bo, Masoli, Kalaros, Rourke. Yeah. yeah. So I, to think I, about that, how many games has Rourke started in this league? Three. Uh, this is his going to be his fifth, I think. Okay. So that just tells you about the quarterback problems around the league. It's it is a problem, and I think this game is exemplary of of you know, that just quarterback play is wildly inconsistent. You know, you have you know, Dane Evans rips 450 last week in a loss, albeit, but rips 450 nonetheless. And this week he doesn't look like he knows doesn't know what the hell offense they're trying to run. Well, so. certainly, I mean, his two interceptions that he had were, you know, I mean, not entirely his fault, but well, the, they uh, did hit Dunbar in the hands. They weren't right. really his fault at all, right? But the, I mean, they were just great plays by the Winnipeg secondary, yeah. um, and so, I mean, yeah, I told y'all, pegs pegs fine. Um, 
Um, there's predating there's, against predating there's against no, Winnipeg. Back for help. There, there's no there's no need to think they're any different than the team we were talking about at the end of last season when they won the cup. That's all. Yeah. Peg is peg is peg, man. They're dominant. Yep. It we hate it. it we hate this pod. Hates it. Nah, I don't. <laughs> well, yeah, I do. Absolutely hate everything about it. I'm fuck or I'm freaking. <laughs> this is a no swearing pod. I'm sick and tired of it, man. I'm tired of them just grinding. You're teams straight into up a... cheesed off. I just grinding teams into a. I'm pulp. pissed. The but hell that's what off. they do. But yeah, my thing, my little two cents. So, it looks like Don Jackson is healthy. He was he's full participant in practice going into this week's game against Edmonton for Hamilton. Um, they need to run the ball. Exactly what... <laughs> We're back to 2021 pod. Run the Dude, ball. But it's the same. It's the it's same, same issue. Story. Same it's story. It's the same Aaron. issue. Hand the ball off. Like give your like just give your guys some breaks, man. Like especially as Peter said against the. Uh, pass rush like Winnipeg it's like dude if they got nothing better to do than just put their heads down and run right at you they're gonna do that so all right let's this is this seems like a good time to segue into Calgary Edmonton and a and a team that did run the ball it's true go ahead tell us what's up heartbreaker Calgary with a 30-23 win, pulling away at the end. Edmonton put up their best, played their best game of the season, I think. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, by far. Uh, but I want to talk about running the ball and controlling the clock, which is what the Calgary Stampeders did, and it helped them win the game. Kadeem Carey, I, I, I can't confirm this is a career high, but based on how much I've complained about him not getting enough carries over the past season and however many games this season – uh, he had 19 carries. Now, yards per carry was not great, only 4.8 to not, for 91 yards and a touchdown. But that commitment to the run is is what opened up the pass game for Bo, who had a great game, his best game of the season, I think, in terms of you know not giving the ball away, just moving the chains, uh, 21 to 28 for 320 yards and a touchdown. Um, and I think this was weirdly like in Calgary's been an only shootout so far this season. And this was, and would, I don't know if we, would we consider this a shootout? Uh, eh, there was, nah, it was a competitive nah. game, competitive game. So they've been, they've been in three competitive games. I will say Calgary has shown they can win when the games are tight, they pull away at the end. Um, but I Absolutely. will say in, in this game in particular, we were, we were right. The pod was right again in terms of the Calgary receiving core being able to sort of name, just kind of spin a roulette wheel and pick a receiver. And that week, they might be just their guy for that week. Last week, it was Reggie Bagleton. This week, it was Malik Henry. And week one, it was Richie Sandani. They can move the ball to different receivers, and it makes it incredibly hard for defenses to key in on a single person, which is the opposite problem that Edmonton has, which is Kenny Lawler finally got sort of put in a box for a game. Uh, Manny Arsenal with a with a throwback throwback game, 100 yards and a touchdown. But, uh, but but Kenny got boxed in for three for 21 yards, include and uh, and uh, the one the lone reception from Nick Arbuckle, he kind of was just forcing the ball to him. Um, I will say, what how are the how are the boys feeling about Nick Arbuckle three games into the season? Uh, I think he's improving. He's makes he makes some bad plays. He makes some throws some bad interceptions. 
um, which are not, you know, I, I can understand interceptions on contested balls, uh, but he just throws some bad ones where he underthrows or he, you know, the one to judge this week, I just don't think was a good throw at all. But overall, I, I feel like I'm fine with his performance just because my expectations are not particularly high. <laughs> with only nine teams, you definitely have a limited amount of time or a limited opportunity to just get your reps in. Um, so I do feel like we're at a point where the new class, you know, were in the last few years, Matt Nichols, I think Ricky Ray, you could even count, obviously Michael Riley. Um, you know, uh, we've just lost a lot of that kind of generational talent or they've unfortunately kind of just moved to the side. And, even, and then we had some guys that probably were next up, Pipkin, Davis, that didn't pan out. And so now you've got a lot of young guys that are really getting their first shot at it. And some are excelling like Nathan Rourke, and some are struggling like Dane Evans and Nick Arbuckle. And what are you going to do? Yeah, it's just the way it goes. Uh, I will say that Edmonton's <laughs> offense without Lawler blowing up is a really, like, a, it's sort of a, a chug-along first down getting offense. Yeah. Um, they almost, they only had one less first down than Calgary, but they were outgained by almost 150 yards, which just sort of speaks to the lack of explosive plays when Lawler's not, when he, if, if he, if he's not getting getting his, they're going to have a tough time getting those big chunk plays. Wilder with another okay game, 11 carries or 45 yards. Again, pretty yeah, good catch. you got to focus on getting him the ball more. There's no yeah, I think I, he needs to get the ball more. He get is... him the ball out of the backfield as well. Like, he's a good receiving back. He had four catches. He had four catches. Yeah, no, I think – but I think more just, like, focus on getting Wilder. He was at 15 this week, but you, they should be getting him about 20 touches a week. Yeah, and I think Cal- that's going to be the magic number. If Calgary can possess the clock, now, okay, I think I have one last point about this game. Actually, I'll talk about the quarter, uh, the quarterback for a minute. Bo is looking good. I think we can all say three games in the season. Bo Absolutely. looks uh, looks like Bo that we probably expected, you know, more in previous seasons than 2021. Um, is as with the with the kind of what we talked about inconsistency of quarterbacks and what Jake Mayer has shown does. Is their pressure – Jake Mayer could start on a lot of teams right now. Yeah. Is he – I don't – now, John, this is by a question for you because you probably understand free agency and trades a little bit more. What are the odds or what are the chances or what are the rules around get, acquiring Mayer midseason? No, the rules are if you can trade for him, you can trade for him. But, like, okay. the issue in the CFL for trades is that draft capital is not incredibly valuable. Mm-hmm. Right, Unless like, you're an American alignment. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. No, so like Edmonton just traded uh, one of their offensive linemen to Hamilton. This guy was a starting offensive lineman, and they traded him for a seventh-round pick. <laughs> so that's clearly just clearing space on Edmonton's part. Yeah. Correct. But yeah. without picks being of value, you have to do player swaps. And that's who, where it becomes difficult. Who has, I would say, I would say, if we're talking about teams that have the the players to do this, I 100% think the Saskatchewan has players. Nah, that Saskatchewan's Cal- not going to trade for him. That Calgary would be interested. Not for him. I, I'm telling you, I, I'm not worried There's, that Saskatchewan's going to fall off a cliff. But if we're if we're talking six weeks from now and Saskatchewan only has like three wins. 
Cody, Cody's going to be out. The team is too talented this season. Hey, to we're be, talking to about Edmonton struggling. and Calgary right now. Stop trying to swing it back to the right. <laughs> we'll get to them in a bit. We'll get to them in a bit. Okay, that's, no, I, I think I, like yeah. let's let's give Bo his shine. There's no doubt about it. Uh, he had a great he's game. Coming, he's coming into form. Uh, to answer Tyler's question, this was not Kadeem Carey's career record for carries. Yes, he had 22. Uh, back in the final game of last year. Um, but anytime you're getting around 20 carries, your point still stands. That's the way to do it, in my opinion. I, I love, you know, you got the guy averaging nearly five yards a carry. You got him a touchdown. Uh, I think that just really helps open up the field. Um, love what I've seen from Edmonton these past couple weeks, always improving. I think they're looking at probably having – a chance to compete against Hamilton this week. Uh, is this the 60-40 game you've been waiting for? We'll no. Wait and see. Well, oh. maybe. Stay for later to find out. <laughs> um, now I will talk about Toronto at BC. Another, another BC beating, as they say. Uh, BC won 44-3, making their margin of victory on the year 85 points. So to put this into context, Calgary, so BC is first in the CFL in total points scored this year. In two games. In two, in only two games. Calgary is second over three games. They've scored 87 points. So BC has nearly beaten their opponents by as many points as the next highest team has scored in total. And yes, as you've said, they've only done it in two games. Uh, Nathan Rourke was spectacular, 39 of 45. That's an 86.7% completion rate, 436 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, the BC offense had more than doubled the time of possession that Toronto had. Uh, BC had the ball for 40 minutes and eight seconds. Uh, that's incredible. They had the ball two-thirds <laughs> of the game. Um, they outgained Toronto by 341 yards. They picked up. So my story of this game is obviously the domination. We're going to, we can bant about. It's incredibly impressive. What Rourke is doing is great. My true story is that BC did pick up a few injuries in this game. Worst of which looks like it's going to be Brian Burnham. He has a few fractured ribs, and he's on the six-game injured list. Uh, but you also had Lucky Whitehead pick up what looked like a lower leg injury. James Butler got knocked out of the game with a concussion. Uh, he he possibly could be back this week, though. On Butler's, the defensive, Butler's back. Butler's back. Volacumbo uh, is probable. Probable. So Volacumbo, very scary. I mean, he got knocked unconscious. So the story for me is – it's football. Injuries are always there to ruin a good time. So how is BC going to deal with their first bit of adversity this season? You lose one of your top receivers. How's that going to impact the offense? You know, if you saw on the game against, and it was same against Edmonton, but against Toronto, so many of the touchdowns were to wide open receivers, like wide ass open receivers. So now you lose one of those guys in Burnham that's drawing away attention. 
from other receivers. So how does that affect the game plan? I think that's what I'm interested in going forward. Uh, but as for this game, y'all got something to say about the domination that BC put on yet another team? I'm uh, just very impressed by the uh, defense uh, of oh, BC. Absolutely. So I, I do think this is a, a solid um, Argonauts team. And, you know, but both sides of the ball for BC. I'm just, I'm really shocked. And I don't, I, obviously, I don't know anything about football or the CFL. So you know I'm, nothing. I'm not so shocked that, like, I was wrong about the BC Lions. Um, but I, I'm just very, very pleasantly surprised that. The boys from uh, BC are getting it done on both sides of the ball, and they look like they're having fun doing it. Uh, so, and I don't also, I mean, I so I I, I love the receiving core. Uh, Burnham's a huge loss. I do think that they are, like I said last week, the best receiving core um, in the league right now. Yep. Um, but what they've been able to do with a uh, inexperienced quarterback who's playing lights out and a solid uh, a, a great receiving core is is really impressive. So I'm just happy, happy for the BC Lions. You know, hated yep. to see them struggle last year, and I'm glad they're not struggling. No, I agree. Still, they've you know, Wark is yet to throw an interception this year. So uh, no, the turnovers are working in BC's favor. They did have a fumble this week, but it was because David Mackey tried to hurdle a bunch of people and then hit with his own elbow. The ball. Statist- statistical thing here. David Mackey as, is listed as a fullback and had 16 yes. carries. That will be the most carries of a fullback this season. I will. I think that's probably I will true. Die, I'll die on that cross. You will. Well, that's a good pred. I think, yeah. But so the fact that their offensive line was blowing up holes for David Mackey to run absolutely wild over was pretty impressive. Um, yeah, they're dominant. They're, when our power rankings come out, after this week, BC might just be sitting atop them. You never know. I think. I know. think. I think. I, I'm really excited for Week Five, Winnipeg. Oh, at yeah. B, Winnipeg oh, at yeah. BC. It's only a three-game week that week, but I think that is almost like worth two games. It's so compelling. <laughs> yeah. It, all, it, all, it also might be the battle of the two last undefeated teams. Oh, Calgary might. Yeah. But Tyler, yeah. how does this? What does this? Uh... Mean change for, the for you, if anything at all uh for toronto i mean are, you were obviously high on them last week is this uh, n- n- nothing nothing or? N- nothing okay. B- bc is so much better based on the two games we've seen than any other offense in the cfl that i i can almost feel, i almost feel like toronto went into this game just and just got blitzed blitzed and just i had no idea this level of of attack was coming I do, I do think that uh, because Nathan Rourke, and I do I do think this will last maybe all season, but Nathan Rourke is new. There's not a lot of tape on him, which is all, like an advantage, right? Nobody could really game plan hard against you when there's not the book isn't out on you. I, I will say that's my worry. I, I don't want to bring everything back to scratch, but the year that Cody was MOP and, and had, or excuse me, throw for the most... Throw for most yards in the league. Like the there was no then the book was then people got tape on him and now it seems like it's a big regression. I I, he didn't I don't win, think he didn't win MOP by the sorry, way. Sorry, yeah, sorry. He led him passing. Runner up. Passing yards. And so I, yeah, I wonder. Yeah, I, 
DC is a, a I, we're all, I'm surprised. I'm surprised at how good the offense is. But I, I really think, am. Matt, to your point, there's not much you can learn about this for Toronto, in my opinion, because they just got blitzed so hard out the door. It's like, right, you look at the stats. If you're trying to just read the stats, you can say, man, only seven carries for Andrew Harris. But what the hell are you going to do? You're not going to be running the ball that much. I guess I'd just be concerned, um, if anything, with, uh, I feel like, McLeod Bethel Thompson was just under under pressure uh, a little bit too much. Um, credit that to the BC defense. But, you know, you don't want to give up four sacks in a game. You know, they gave up. They got had two fumbles. They had two interceptions. Um, you got to protect the QB a little bit. But I think this is still uh, MBT's team, um, even though Kelly came in for him at the very end of it. Um, but, you know, obviously you can't put too many – three-point games uh, in there and expect to keep your job for a long time. So I'd expect him to pick up the play here soon. Yes, um, that, that's all I've got to say about week three. Anybody else got anything before we move on to Preds? Nah, let's, sure. let's Pred. Uh, all right. I was wondering, uh, who were the league leaders? Oh, you want to know? We do league leaders after Preds, but we can do them now. Do we? We do. Well, that's all right. After the... You hit us with the we... league leaders. Yeah, guys, we are all... to do it before Preds. That's right. After we are game. going to love this, guys. <laughs> because... Sir, you are going to love this. Passing yards, Dane Evans, 884, which... Unreal. Uh, Danny, <laughs> so funny. So, journalist for the... Uh, who writes for this about the Stampeders, Danny Austin, he said, like... I ju- he, the other week, he was like, I just don't care about passing yards for quarterbacks. I think he said the league leader in passing yards the past like two years, their team hasn't made the playoffs. So if anything <laughs> tells how Bad true that is, it's Evans. Ticats. Rushing yards leader, another, give it up guys, for our boy, Jeshroon Antwi, 172 <laughs> yards. He is the dark horse. He came, Peter, oh. you saw it when nobody else could. Congratulations. He's my boy. Receiving yards, Geno Lewis, 307, mm-hmm. and sacks, Matt mentioned him earlier, Pete Robinson for the Riders. He's got five sacks. So, we go into week four. Peter, because you are leading the Preds pool, you have to make the first Pred on the first game of the week, which is BC at Ottawa. Who have you got? done the math? Is this the first new leader of a Preds pool since... Week one, 2021. It is. I have not done the math. It is. I was, I, I was, so. it, it was, uh, take, take it wire to wire. Wire to wire. Yeah, I think it went wire to wire last year. So, Peter, this is huge. Well, I'm did the Tyler Preds. win the Preds pool? <laughs> I'm, I'm the Preds. I'll erase king, that from so my memory. I am, I am the Pred king. All right, so, tell me what you got and why. Um, first, oh, oh, yeah. First game, BC Toronto. I'm nope. gonna go, what? BC at Ottawa. Ottawa. Oh, sorry. Yeah, BC at Ottawa. Uh, I will be picking the BC Lions because <laughs> I expect them to win by forty again. Oh wow. Okay. Uh, Tyler, I know. I, no, I don't Peter, are you are you, are you willing to are you willing to like no, base your expe- the success I, of your pred on the forty point win? I don't. So I don't. know. I don't. Okay. I do not expect them to win by forty, but I expect them uh, to. I'm predicting them to show the what they've shown me. In their past two games, uh, I expect Nathan Rourke to 
be on point, be accurate, and just pick apart the Ottawa defense. Um, yeah, I mean, certainly a double-digit win. Uh, okay. Perhaps getting twenty or thirty. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna disagree with Peter about the margin of victory. Am I second? I'm yes. You are second. BC is gonna so. be BC is gonna win this game, but Ottawa showed against Winnipeg that they can hang. Absolutely. And it's a home game for them, so BC's first time leaving leaving uh, leaving Vancouver. So I BC predating BC, but Ottawa credit where credit is due. They will hang around in this game. It will not be the cakewalk that it was the first two weeks. I, I also think we need to. I'm tempering my excitement or my like hype on BC simply because they haven't played teams that I would consider elite yet what's the what's the fun in that though why temper excitement when you can be hyped this is why you're lasting preds yes this is i think with my heart <laughs> matt who do you have uh i also have bc but uh i'm very tempted to give ottawa the nod here and i think this will be a i don't i don't know if it'll be a tight game i do feel like it will be a high scoring game uh but i also feel that jeremiah is gonna get um picked Three times. Oh, good pride. Uh, the only thing that really, not the only thing, but one of the things that really pushes me towards Ottawa, and I think it's going to be a, um, a good towards game. Towards Ottawa? Is... I thought yeah. you were picking the Lions. Oh, I am picking the Lions. The only oh, okay. thing that tips me towards oh, Ottawa is okay. that William Powell was a full participant True. at practice this week. and I, So I, I, it, I think the BC is a, a better team uh, with James Butler there. Um, I think they're still going to have a great running game. Even without Brian Burnham, uh, they've got some really great weapons in the receiving core uh, still. But I do feel like uh, Ottawa is going to keep playing well. Yeah, so it's a short week for BC. they got to travel across the country. Ottawa's coming off of a bye. It yep. stacks up for this game to be a close one. And certainly BC's biggest test of the year. I agree. I think, I, I mean, I'm going to echo a lot of what you're saying. Um, I think I've said it after both their losses. Ottawa is on the verge of a breakthrough. If they can get some majors on the board, I think uh, that'll certainly be a big step in the right direction. But I'm picking BC. My number one reason, and Tyler already mentioned it, is because I want to see... A battle of the unbeatens July 9th when they take on Winnipeg. Yeah. It needs to happen. It must happen. So BC must win this game. That is why I'm picking the Lions. <laughs> yeah, but Hamilton must win that game last week too. So Dude, hey, they but they had to win it for themselves. BC's gotta win this for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Much more important. Nathan, I know you're I know you're listening. Uh just uh... Edmonton at Hamilton. Tyler. <sighs> who you got? Is... I, it's you know if we thought Hamilton needed to win the game last week, oh boy, do they? This is the season. <laughs> it might be. They go. Well, they start. No. They start. Lucky for them, the rest of the East is not all that great so far. So they've got wiggle room. But yeah, they got to pick it up soon. This is uh, this is the opposite of the game we're hoping for next week with Winnipeg and BC. This is the battle of teams who. I think because it's a home game. And Dane ripped it up in the one home game they've had this year. I'm going, I'm going with Hamilton. I think Dane's better at home. Um, 
I do, th I do think that he will play better. I think Hamilton will play better. Um, I, I think Edmonton is close. I don't think this is the game though. Okay. Matt. Uh, if Hamilton's play has taught us anything and John, you said this straight out that there is no correlation between yards in the air and, and games won. But if there were a team you could beat with yards in the air, it would be the 2022 Edmonton Elks. This is true. And so I feel like uh, Edmonton is definitely one of the teams, probably the only team that you can just kind of play poorly against and come out on top. Yeah. And I think 400 yards will, will be able to take it. Yeah. So I agree. That's, I mean, reading directly from my notes. Edmonton's lack of playmaking in the secondary is what worries me here. <laughs> um, so they've given up five touchdown passes this year, which is tied for worst in the league. Um, and they have, but the issue is, is they have zero interceptions, which is worst in the league. They're the only team without an interception. Quarterbacks have completed 80.7% of their passes against Edmonton so, so far oh. this season. And that includes Cody Fajardo. And that includes Cody. And Hamilton has the most passing attempts <laughs> per game in the league. Hamilton attempts 42.7 passes per game. That's because they're getting shootouts. It's they bad. They should do that less. They should have fewer passes, definitely run the ball more. But I think this formula work, whip, like, works its way out to Edmonton maybe getting scored on a good amount here. Um, but I'm excited to watch it. But, yeah, I have the Tiger Cats. Uh, I have the Tiger Cats as well. I uh, I went out on a limb, went with the Elks last week. They uh, didn't pull through for me, but uh, I think for I mean you guys have said it. I think Dane, if he he needs to be a little bit more accurate, needs to be careful, but they'll get it yep. done. I think they'll win by you know five five to ten. Okay. Peter's now a spread. Get... Peter's a spread guy. I like to like throw out spreads on his spreads. I like it. It's good. Uh, just a range. Yeah, now like we it. got uh, a rematch of last week's beating in La Belle Provence. Montreal travels to Saskatchewan. Oh God, Matt. Um, you know, if I just seen a team beat thirty-seven to thirteen, yes, I wouldn't predict them to win the following week and i i think that's a good heuristic a good a good decision making paradigm for for any predictor out there so um understandable uh, i think sketch will play a little better they're going to be at home um they've just faced this team so they're going to be a little more prepared but i i still think that sketch has some major questions that they're going to need to answer before I'll pick them over a team like Montreal. So you're taking the Alouettes. Yes, I am. So, I think, well, at first, shout out Shaq Evans. Unfortunately, he has a broken ankle. He will miss a number of games, though not the entire season. So, Scotch will be missing that in this game and going forward. I want to say this is, um, you'll guess where I'm going with this, but last week's outcome was defined by big plays and big mistakes by the Scatch offense turning the ball over 
and the Alouettes special teams defense making big plays. Offensively, it was about even. Total yards was about even. Time of possession was about even. I think that the Riders clean it up and get the dub in the rematch. I'm taking the Rough Riders. Wow. Are you really? Uh-huh, you really am. What are you, who are you taking? Um, <laughs> Peter's thinking, hmm. No, I, uh, I am, I've got right here on my yellow pad, the Montreal Alouettes. Um, Vernon Adams is coming back. I don't know. I, I hope he doesn't. I honestly don't want him to play. There's no way he's going to start. Yeah, there's no way. I mean, Trevor got, I mean, the, the victory last week, um, like I, I think we, we said it earlier, and I, I said it I, kind of quietly, like la- the last game was a Saskatchewan loss. It was bad, man. That was bad, bad, bad. And the, the, they're not going to be as bad, that, but it's going to take a little bit longer to regroup um, than I think you may think, John. So uh, I'm going with the Montreal Alouettes. Keep oh, boy. I'd like to split the room. <laughs> but, but I'm, There's I'm, always these. I love. I play them too. I love the meta games. I love the pred meta games. <laughs> the meta games are on because John has been terrible at predding this season, and to I'm, go I'm five. John, I'm five hundred. That's bad. <laughs> it's not that bad. It's pretty. Bad. <laughs> it's pretty bad. It's vicious. It's bad. So <laughs> this is you guys. The listeners, you would not believe the abuse we all have to put up with. Thank God that we have someone on top of both the the fantasy and the pred boards because it has been just brutal. It's brutal. I am gonna ride with John though. I yeah. Think, I think Saskatchewan at home. The defense has got to go watch some film and say, guys, what are we doing here? We got to get more pressure. I think we. I think you said this last week, John. You know, Harris is much less mobile targets to chase after than uh, than VA. So I really expected them to rack up sacks, and that didn't happen. I, I just don't see two games in a row where the Scatch coaching staff doesn't figure a way to get pressure on Harris and make it a little harder for him. And I just think uh, I think that's a, that'll that'll swing it in their favor. Don't give up special teams touchdowns. It's, there's obvious one. Those are always backbreakers. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think it'll be, unfortunately, I'm prepping them, but I also think it's going to be one of these ugly, grinding, scatch, slot fests that have really become the norm the last two seasons. And that I, to your point, I've, it can't avoid it any longer. I have to agree. It is, it's boring for a lot of the game. It's boring. They it's are boring. the most boring game. It's, they're, they're, boring fun, game. they're fun on the fourth quarter because that's the only time they really get after it, either because they have to because they're down or because the game is tight and it shouldn't have been, and they have to, you know, stamp it. They have to sort of stamp it out at the end. They play in these games that they that rely on the fourth quarter way too much, and they got to get out of that habit. They got to. They have no touchdowns in the first half this season. They got to score in the first half in the end zone. It is killing them. I agree. I agree. Final game of the week: Winnipeg at Toronto. Andrew Harris facing his former team for the first time. I am going to go with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Um, Why? Because I think the Bombers' D will brutalize the Argos. 
There are a few teams you don't want to face the week after you get beat 44 to three. The top of that list is the Winnipeg Blue Bombers because they will, I think BC Lions defense um, is very good. It makes a lot of plays, uh, but I don't think they're quite as brutal as the Bombers defense. Adam Big Hill nearly broke a man in half last week <laughs> tackling him so hard he's fully scorpion to man for those who know what the scorpion is from board sports where your legs bend on top or of olivier head. Giroux. or adam big hill did that to another human being um not good uh, i've got the bombers yeah yeah uh i'm gonna double down on what i said last week Pred him till you go pred him till I die. I I feel a clean sweep coming on. It's I will say I will say last year in this fixture, Toronto did win this game in this exact fixture. True. Toronto at home against Winnipeg was was the I think the lone Winnipeg road loss last season. So that being said, Winnipeg. Gotta be Peg. Uh, Great front four i think john mentioned that earlier um yeah they're just gonna get in there and make uh, life a living hell for mbt uh there's not much you can do against that although it will be interesting of course to see uh the the is this a revenge game for andrew harris no i think i think is this, at when is this it, a revenge game they play at Winnipeg this year. That will be a revenge game. The guy won two great cups with them. I don't know if it's revenge. I mean, he had the best years of his no, career they there. Said, they looked him in the eye and said, you are old. <laughs> they said, here's $35,000. I don't know if that was the number. No, I. but as we, all, as we all said, listen, Andrew Harris is doing great. We're happy for him. Uh, he's not going to do as well uh, against this Winnipeg team as he might have done for this Winnipeg team. And uh, yeah, I think this will be, be a good little game, at least fun to watch. Oh, I don't know, John. It's gonna be so we sick. Have when, not, we have it's not. We have not. It's gonna be so sick when John and I both get golden weeks. It's gonna be so sick. Double golden weeks. Game week. of the have... week is is BC Ottawa. That's correct. Okay, as long as we're in agreement, it's it's gonna uh, be I think the best most well played game of the week. I think game what of the week. With, with, game of the week with importance is Montreal Saskatchewan. No, Saskatchewan is incapable of being involved in games of the week. That is not true. Until they you, score a first, you okay? Now you're you're, cha- you're 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 changing up what your games of the week are because you had Ottawa, Winnipeg. <laughs> after they put up a dud, you made it your game of the week, week two, and it wasn't like an explosive offensive game. And you said it had the most importance, and I I don't quite what what do you what do you, what is your game of the week qual- like qualifications? It depends on what the slate is. Yeah. <laughs> it okay. does. Of course this it does. This is not, it not? A, it's not a science. It's not Tyler. a formula. Well, how, how, Taylor, how could the game of the week not be? It's not in a vacuum. It's not like you look at every game individually and say whether or not it's going to be a good game. You say, what's the game of the week? What's the best, most interesting game? Yeah. And an explosive Ottawa offense goes up against kind of a juggernaut in bc all the other games are just kind of they're fine but explosive Edmonton, auto offense just... that hasn't exploded yet they've exploded yards wives great which we've talked about <laughs> which we've talked. Well, I'm going to boston will explode all over your 
freaking house. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> oh, wow, pal. I got to move out. I got to clean up this place. So maybe uh, we'll do that. Yeah, but Edmonton, Hamilton, <laughs> two bad teams. Montreal, Sketch. Maybe that turns it around for Sketch. Uh, Winnipeg, Toronto. Uh, it'll be a good game, but it, it's definitely the two best offenses right now Ottawa and BC. I also think the two and two, the week. two and two Montreal also uh, for uh, for what we're looking at schedule wise almost gives them like a death grip on the east. Bro. <laughs> this is true. This is true. All right, before we say peace out, Matt, give us a fantasy rundown. Oh, pull us up. Yeah, so it was a it was a tough week all around. Um a couple misses John, I'm very surprised that you didn't run Duke Williams. What happened? Uh, I just kind of – it was between him or Curly, and I just thought Curly was going to get the job done, and obviously I was wrong. So, yeah, not too wrong, not too bad. So I ended up winning the week at 63.7, but I didn't have anyone over 15 points. I was just – I was uh, all pretty even. Zach, uh, Gino, Greg, and STE were all – at 10 plus points. Um, Andrew Harris was at 6.6 and then Winnipeg was my standout at 15 points. So um, behind me was Peter. A uh, couple big games from uh, Bo Levi and then a lucky Whitehead as well. Um, I think you're probably interested in seeing a big game out of Braylon Addison. I'm surprised um, with how many yards Dane Evans threw that like that Braylon got 27 yards of it um or however many got so that was a little surprising but it was enough to get you into second place 58.4 uh john obviously curly gittens was uh just not not doing it for you but had a, a great run um from kadeem carey and then uh obviously yes. dane evans that struggle for tyler <sighs> this is a tough one cody fajardo not playing well uh james butler was kind of well, certainly not able to uh, recreate what he was able to. Getting knocked first out week, of the game hurts that. Yeah. So, and then Shaq Evans also getting uh, injured. That's a tough one. I but think the, the big one that really hurts you. Yeah. Say it. The Sketch D minus two. No, 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 no. What really hurts my feelings about my team so far is that I've had the two guys on BC who've had the big games. I've had James Butler, but he. I didn't know he was going to have a monster. I didn't know that BC was going to be this good on offense. So he sat yep. week one when he could have got me a 44 points. And then I sat Dom Rimes this game who had a monster game. So I'm just like running out. I'm running out my worst play. I'm running out my lowest scoring players. It's That's the hardest part. Dude, that's so, what. It's tough. It's tough. Uh, so that's, that's tough. Top. Uh, so unfortunately, Tyler, that was a. Uh, the wrong week to uh i mean early days but um that really dropped you down in the standings peter um jumped you so i'm still up out in front 205 peter's uh 10 points behind me under 94.6 but uh you've dropped down to 178.4 and john i feel like we're doing this again nipping at the heels yes 170 this worked out well for me though because let's tell everybody the big news the I'm biggest dead. free agent acquisition in CFL fantasy history. Thankfully, we're all haters, non-believers in Nathan Rourke to begin the season. Uh, and I will now be picking him up uh, and making him my starting quarterback. That's a good point. Right, you're saying it right now, that he will be starting for you. He is my starting quarterback. 
Um, yeah, so I'm not going to start Dane against Edmonton. I want, you know, Gosh, I, want... I feel that's a tough one because I feel like Dane could throw like six touchdowns and 500 yards against Edmonton. Absolutely, he could, but I just like, and that's <laughs> what I'm basing my pred on is that Hamilton's going to throw for a lot of yards, but I'm I'm aboard the Rourke train, so I just I don't like I don't I like just going with a guy. I, I love it. That's what I did last year. I got really into the slot, and I don't like changing my lineups. No, you just gotta go because if you change your lineups, you're always gonna be you're always gonna be missing something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then also with Brian Burnham heading to the injured list, I'm uh, replacing him with Keon Hatcher uh, until he's healthy, and then I'll make a decision. So a couple moves for me. Anybody else got moves? Uh, I have to review the scatch receiving core and see who's available uh, to replace Shaq because he's going to be probably out for a couple months. So yes. I'll, I'll get back to the group with that. Um, and then James Butler, I mean, I got to get more information. Is this concussion is going to be a long-term issue? or She's going to play. I think he's playing this week. Yeah. Okay. Well, then I don't need to worry about that. Um, okay. Beautiful. Then do we all have our song of the summer prepared? Absolutely. Yes. I've already told you guys. Okay. Well, Tyler, kick us off. What is the song of the summer? Song of the summer. And I kind of like already, you guys kind of knew in the chat that I was going to go this way. It's Friday, I'm in love by The Cure. How did we know you were going that way? You said it was coming home, Major Tom by yeah, Peter then I, then I, then I, But then I had to think, I, Summer Song's got to have something about romance in it, you know, summer love. It's got to, it's, come on, it's just, it's got to have some. I some, agree with that. It's got to have some sort it's of romance. It's got to be a love song. Uh, Major Tom, Coming Home by Peter Schilling. The English version is an amazing song. If you don't, if you haven't heard it, please just go help yourself. Um, but uh, yeah, Friday I'm in Love, it's a bop. It's, you get out of work, you throw that song on the car, and you drive to wherever you're going for the weekend, the beach, the lake, the mountains, whatever you're doing. And in the it, basement to watch CFL football. Whatever it is, it just, it just hits, it hits, you right, it hits you right in the happy, the happy bones. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I, don't get, I don't get sick of that song. And it's, and, it, and it's the perfect summer song because for an, as an adult because as a kid, you know, whatever, I guess every day is kind of Friday in the summer. But as an adult, you know, you still got to work during the week. So it's nice, you know, you get that Friday and it's just like the kind of, yeah, sends you into that summer weekend. Matt, song of the summer. Gotta be Baby Hold On by The Grassroots. This is a song that I'm very surprised has not shown up in more soundtracks. I I feel like... It's kind of made for Guardians of the Galaxy, huh? Absolutely. I know. I uh, rewatched... Tyler, thank you so much for the like. I rewatched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Could certainly see it uh, showing up there. Uh, maybe I'll tweet it at Quentin and tell him to put it in for the extended version. Um, but yeah, it's just a really, really great song, um, and I've, I've been loving it. Guess who I showed uh, um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood too? Jeff hadn't seen it. Jeff and I watched it. Jeff, oh. Jeff loved it. <laughs> so what's interesting about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is. I feel like there's a, uh, you can watch Dazed and Confused, Everybody Wants Some, Licorice Pizza, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, four amazing chill-out movies. Now, you gotta watch Once Upon a Time last, because yeah. that you, you can't really come back from the end scene, you kinda gotta take, that. that's the end of the, the road there, 
But I feel like you can watch those back to back, and it's just all about chilling. It's about dudes being dudes, and it just it just seems amazing. I like it. Peter, my song of the summer is "Your Love" by The Outfield. Heard it in the car this morning, and uh, it bumped. It moved so. you. Yeah. <laughs> Still yeah. a banger. Oh, before I forget, speaking of Tyler's runner-up for Song of the Summer, Major, home, Major Tom Coming Home by Peter Schilling. Uh, if you all haven't watched the Deutschland series, Deutschland 83, Deutschland 86, watch that great German television series with which that song serves as the uh, theme song. Oh. My Song of the Summer is a song I love. I think it fits the bill for exactly what Tyler's saying. It's a love song. It's get up and go. It's good sing-along. And this would be um, One Thing by the band One Direction. (laughs) (laughs) What about by by Finger Eleven? Matt, you got to place out to that, man. No, One Thing Finger Eleven by One Thing. Finger Eleven, One Thing by One Direction is just pure joy. That's the one I need a one thing. No. No, it's the one. If I could trade it, it oh, if so I knew dumb. all the well, there's Turn one on thing. Some one direction. Wouldn't that and be kick something? Your summer off right, and I will tell you, you will be a happy camper for it. So that is my song of the summer. Um, Paralyzer. If you have a song of the summer, tweet us at Chups and Preds. If it's not Paralyzer um, by Finger Eleven, please don't send the tweet. Do not. If there's any Finger Eleven songs, you will be. We will somehow block you from listening to the pod. <laughs> I've got nothing else to say, boys. Anything else? Uh, no. Well, happy Fourth uh, of July to happy those who Canada celebrate. Day. Happy Fourth of July to those who partake. Yeah, it's going to be a good weekend. It's the best weekend of the year. We're all going to. I mean, yeah, let's go. Okay, pal. It pumped the brakes there. It's not the best weekend. Oh, it will it be probably the best weekend of my year. It oh, is 100% the best weekend of the are year. Are your parents watching EB and you and Alyssa are going to go on vacation? No, we're going to the island, man. We're uh, island boys. Going to go play some golf. Going to go fish in the sound. Yeah, we're <laughs> the end of this pod is so good. We're I hope fishing, people, I hope people make it to here. We're chilling. It's going to be great. Yes. I'm very excited for it. So, uh, yeah. That's all I got to say. All right. Well, I, another great week of CFL football, guys. I can't wait for, to run it back. <laughs> all right. Peace. We're out of here.